And here's part two of our episode with Anjali. Let's get into it. Do you or did you seek affinity with other groups um, or are there other ethnic groups in, uh, that are also in diaspora where you have found uh, a kinship or deep connection? I think uh, when I was in school, like growing up, I definitely did seek affinity. <laughs> I was, um, I never kind of found my place, I guess, my place in, in school. I didn't have a lot of friends. So I was kind of like moving around from group to group, you know, um, didn't really fit in anywhere. And uh, as I got older, I guess I, I did find some uh, kinship or connection, definitely connection um, as I was became more of a professional level dancer. Um, with the Indian community and I learned a lot there and I and uh, I was a part of a, a dance company Panwar Music and Dance and we toured a lot so that became kind of like a family and that was interesting too so I guess <laughs> as I got older I did definitely kind of like find my my group of people that I got along with and I found my place. How do you relate and connect or how do you see yourself in connection with people who are born or maybe they are children or grandchildren of people born on the South Asian subcontinent, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, with ancestors that don't, uh, that oh, I'm sorry, with ancestries that don't involve indenture? Mm-hmm. So um, definitely going back to dance, that is what really got me involved with people of the South Asian descent or subcontinent. Um, that's how I learned Hindi, basically. I, I don't speak Hindi, but I understand it very well. So like I can respond in English. And so I would always surprise them by when they're speaking in Hindi and I just respond right away and they're like, what, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I do actually. And uh, it's through dance that I would relate to them because that's how I learned most of, most of the cultural practices and all of that is through dance, through the words, through the practice, through meeting people through performing, yeah. What do you think are the biggest misconceptions that people have about your identity? Um, I think most of the time when people meet me, they think that I am Indian from India or South Indian, like, like maybe even Tamil, I get that a lot. Um, especially when people see me dance, they think automatically, I, I always get like, where are you from? Where in India are you from? And Or they'll speak to me in their language. And um, I'm like, nope, I'm, <laughs> I'm um, Guyanese. My family's from Guyana. I grew up here. And, and they're always shocked. So they think that I'm from India. So that's, I think that's the biggest misconception. How did you get into dancing? 
how did I get into dancing? So I, I think my mom said I was about two years old, and I saw the movie Chandani with Shridevi, and the dance she did in the like the white outfit by the what like by the water in the mountains. That dance had me mesmerized, and I was like, "Mom, I want to dance like that." And she was like, "Okay." And then um, when I was four years old, she approached my dance teacher, Mrs. Devika Chetram of Tarana Dance, and Shout she out. said she's too young. <laughs> Sorry. Shout out. Shout out. Big up. Yes. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us. Um, yes. Uh, but she was my dance mom, and she said, "You know, four years." old is too young come back in two years and my mom brought me back when I was six and she actually she was she's uh, her family and my family are very close to from Alexander village so it's not like I you know I knew her growing up so um, and then I just started dancing at Tarana dance and it took off from there and I never stopped can you tell us about your dance forms and the um, and yeah, I guess yeah the his, the the specific dance forms that you do and um, if there's any history or any any important note about the dance forms that you would like to share. Mm-hmm. So um, I focus primarily on Kathak which is North Indian classical dance. It's one of the eight forms of classical dance. So it's from India. And my original guru, who is uh, Mrs. Devika Chetram, she learned Kathak in Guyana from two gurus who are disciples of Pandit Birju Maharaj, um, namely Pratap Pawar, Pandit Pratap Pawar, forgive me, and Pandit Durgalal. And she brought with her the, this dance form to Canada. And in 1989, she opened Tarana Dance School. And that's where I learned Kathak. I also learned there, not just Kathak, we learned also Bollywood dance, kind of like semi-classical Bollywood, and chutney, some chutney. So yeah, there's a bit of... Indian heritage, very classical. And then there's also like this filmy side and a little bit of chutney. Um, however, now I, I'm i teaching as well. So I have my own dance school now, thank God. I mean, by the grace of God, <laughs> I have my own dance school. And uh, I teach, I only teach Kathak. Everyone, if you are in the greater Toronto area and you are looking for <laughs> Kathak dance classes. Uh, you need to check out Shivanjali Arts. What does dance mean to you? Dance to me is, um, it's my essence. It's my life force. It's my driving passion in life. Um, it's my language so i always say uh, music is my soul and dance is my language 
and it's like coursing through my veins and I really feel it. I feel music and and so dance is my language and it really is my passion in life. You said that so beautifully and, and poetic. That, that that was poetry. How do you so I, yeah that I guess answers the next question well how do you use the the medium today? Um, you spoke on on, uh, on 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 teaching and um, and that, that, that very beautiful description. Is there anything else that you would like to uh, add to, I guess, the question of how do you use dance as a medium today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So dance has also been kind of like therapy for me. Um, when I was growing up, you know, as as most many young people go through all sorts of different traumatic issues in life, and um, dance was my my uh, therapy at the time as a teenager and and beyond, and it gave me that um, outlet to be creative, and it's kind of like creative therapy. And now I use dance sort of like as meditation. Um, sort of to soothe my soul (laughs) and also I use dance as a means to carry on the traditions the culture the discipline in the the beautiful aspects of our culture to the new generation that's coming up now Can you tell me what dancing means in your culture generally, or I guess in our case, it's our culture of, of us Guyanese, but what does what does dance mean in Guyanese culture? Um, I think dance in Guyanese culture is really self-expression. It's also an expression of joy, of uh, a bend, like wild abandonment. You know, when you're just, for example, and this is like aside from performing arts, I think just like when you just put on music and dance or or you're at a wedding and you just let loose and dance, I think it's just like that joy and that self-expression. I guess a lot of these, the the answers to the next question have come out of your answers already. Um, but how would you say that your ethnic identity relates and overlaps with your art form? Yeah, so I think um, being being um, a child of diasporic indentureship. <laughs> um, did I say that right? Yeah, that we we are the children of indenture. Indenture, yeah. indenture like um, all of it. All of it. <laughs> I think um the it's kind of, of the, like the title the, of the podcast. But go ahead, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like it's kind of like rebelling against that um colonization, against that Western ideal, that Western society, uh, and just kind of like existing as who I am. And um taking a stand for my culture and you know our our ancestors really fought to keep that alive 
and to keep it going. And I think it's really important to continue. That is so true. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to say that to everything you say. Everything is so <laughs> profound. <laughs> um, what is your favorite thing about dancing? My favorite thing about dancing is the music. So, I mean, I love to get dressed up and I love to wear the costume and the jewelry and the makeup and all that stuff. Oh, if people but, haven't seen the picture, um, you need to go look on Instagram right now. <laughs> um, ironically, the least thing I like is getting undressed. That's like a chore to me and like taking it all off and putting it away. I hate that part. Um, but my favorite thing is the music. That's what really drives me. That is what in like inspires me. That is what, you know, gets my blood going. It's the music. And um, if it wasn't for the music, I don't know. I don't know what, what would what would drive me that much. So it's definitely music. From that question, do you have a favorite song? Do I have? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> or a favorite that's song really specifically hard. to dance to? Oh, if that's still a hard question, you can give me your top three. <laughs> or what are you feeling this week? It is Friday. It's you as okay. a dancer, I'm sure your body knows that it is Friday. You have your Friday dance routine. No, maybe you don't. But um, do you, I, I guess, in the in this period of time, whatever wherever we are in the phases of, of the moon, what is your body feeling for your top your top songs? Um, well, that's a hard question to answer. Oh, okay. Um, because there's so it. many, but okay. I will say this. I have, I always say that anybody who knows me, I have two favorite genres of music. The first one is, and it's it's funny because they're totally different, but the first one is classical Indian music or Hindustani classical music. Um, that's what we dance to in Kathak. And then the second one is Soka. <laughs> like... They're like complete opposites. <laughs> um, but I also really love um, traditional chutney, you know, like unplugged chutney, like Ramdeo Chaitu kind of chutney. I love that. So I love um, any kind of music where you can hear the instruments being played. For people who might not know, um about Hindustani classical music and then the relationship with Soka and Chutney. Is there any explanation that you'd like to give to listeners about that who might have a different cultural experience and may not be familiar? Yes. So Hindustani classical music, we're talking about um, the instruments, we can talk about the instruments being played. Um, it's so complex. Um, but the instruments played are like the tabla, sitar, flute, harmonium. These are the main instruments. Sometimes there are other ones too, but um, generally I would say, I'm trying to think of something to give you an example of what it sounds like. If you think of uh, Devdas, 
um, the the songs that Madhuri danced in Devdas. That's a very, I mean, everybody knows Dave Das, I think, yes. mostly. Um, but those, those are, uh, yeah, <laughs> those are uh, a good example of Hindustani classical music okay. in a more Bollywood way. <laughs> Thank you. And then if you take that and turn it into, um, like, Soka has a little bit of Indian rhythm. Um, so soca music is kind of like an amalgamation of all these different cultures, like Afro, Latin, Indian. So that's why it sounds so good. <laughs> and it, in for the Indian portion, it takes like the Indian rhythm, the rhythmic aspect, too. Awesome. Thank you. And mm -hmm. I guess could you give a quick description of chutney music as well? Yeah. So um, the chutney music that I enjoy is it's called Baitak Gana. So it literally it means translates to sit and sing. So you sit with your harmonium, you have a dolak player, you have maybe somebody playing um, a percussion instrument called dantal, which is two pieces of metal and they play it in a rhythmic way and it's just you know singing and playing music with no synthesis and, and the subject matter is usually you know everyday life and things that we have to deal with as children of indentureship or diasporic indentureship and uh, actually, I'm going to shout out Cutlass Podcast for their beautiful explanations on all these wonderful chutney numbers lately. So check them out too. Hey. You should all follow them <laughs> on Instagram at, uh, I think it's Cutlass Podcast, I want to say. But mm -hmm. if you're not following, you need to be following. Yes. <laughs> Do you have a favorite dance performance that you've done? Hmm, my favorite dance performance. Well, my favorite dance performance, I would have to say up to date, would be recently performing with my students. And it was our first performance together. Um, they learned the dance on Zoom over COVID. And then we finally got to meet together over the summer and practice together in studio and then we performed in august and that's that has to be my favorite performance because it was exhilarating dancing beside my students for the first time that's really unique and and to have that isolation that separation for so long and then finally coming together to have that that big culmination yeah it was special well, thank you for sharing that um Stemming from those two questions, uh, what is your favorite thing about your cultural identity? Um, and perhaps also adding to that, what do you think is the most unique? Or perhaps those are two separate questions. I think um, they're probably going to be the same answer for both. So my favorite thing and the most unique thing about my cultural identity is that I have the best of both worlds. 
as Indo-Caribbean. I have my Indian cultural side, but then I can also like break it down and let loose with my silk music, my chatty music. There we go. There we go. <laughs> oh, we lost the connection again. It's hot and spicy, you said? Yeah, it's hot and spicy. It's hot and spicy. I love it. I love it. It's the garam masala, the weary weary <laughs> pepper, yes. the scotch bonnet, the rice and peas, all of it. <laughs> yeah, the best of both worlds. The best of both worlds. Chumpke, chumpke, fine wine, something, something. Yeah. But then she's classical too. Classical too. <laughs> classical too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, are there any connections that you make with the movement of your medium, with the deeper movement of the various migrations of your lineages from uh, from indenture from across the oceans, across Kalapani to Guyana to, and then eventually to North America? Yes. So, I think it goes back to what I said earlier about being in, sort of like in rebellion and you know, our ancestors really fought to keep culture, their culture, religious or spiritual practices, all of that alive. And I feel like today I'm doing the same. I'm fighting daily to keep this alive, to balance my career, my, my job and my cultural uh, or carrying forward my cultural practices and, and, and my dance form, carrying it forward as well. It's like that fight of fighting this um, Western society, this, this um, colonization, as it were, on a daily basis. Well, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to tell listeners specifically about your identity or about dance or the intersections of both your identity being Indo-Caribbean living in, uh, in North America and dance? I, I would say I am more than what I look like. I'm more than what I have accomplished in, you know, quotations. Um, I'm more than that. I am so much more. I am the sum of all of my ancestors before me, my family before me. I am a product of my environment growing up, living with my grandparents and imbibing all of their values, all of their cultural practices, good and bad. Um, I am holding all of the lessons and all the energy that my family and my ancestors have brought from where they came from. So I'm more than just what you see. That's such a crucial thing for people to remember, but that was said really beautifully. Thank you. Um, do you have any upcoming shows that you'd like to share with the audience? Or generally, where can people check out more of your work? Um, actually, you can search me on YouTube. I forgot to mention that. I have some dances on YouTube. And 
Um, upcoming, actually, this weekend, I'm shooting a dance video, and it's been a while in the works, but finally, we're shooting this Sunday, and it's going to be a completely live piece. Um, so we're not pre-recording it. It's going to be shot in one take. <laughs> so basically like a stage performance, but shot in a video format. So look out for that. <laughs> um, can you tell the audience your, your Instagram handle? Yes, it's shivanjali.arts. Shivanjali.arts. People, take out your phones, take out your tablets. Open Instagram right now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is there anything you'd like to add to this? Um, I love the work you're doing and I'm so honored and I feel honored to be a part of it. So thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm super honored to have you as a guest and talking with you has been amazing and you have such rich and beautiful things to talk to share about your experience. And I hope that uh, it will be educational for others and i'm sure that it can, it, 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 that there are others who will, who will seek uh, or who will find i should say who will find affinity in it um thank you so much for being a part of of diasporic children of indenture another child of indenture in diaspora birds mm -hmm. of a feather flock together yes <laughs> yes okay. thank you for having me and i love that we have this community that we're building together This has been a really special and fascinating conversation with Anjali today, the first guest of our series Diasporic Children of Indenture. And you know where to find Anjali on social media. You know where to find me at Diasporic Children of Indenture on Instagram. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to tell your daddy. Don't forget to tell your nani, your aji, your aja, your mom, your dad, your siblings, your cousins, your friends. Stay tuned until next time because we have a lot coming. We have a lot more episodes to get out. You've been listening to Dice Book Children of Indenture with Alex Bacchus. Bye-bye. <laughs>